I'm Dr. John Tam, and welcome to the Career Change Advice Podcast. My definition of the good career is one that is aligned to who you are, whether it's clocking an 80-hour work week or having a job that just passes time so you can go home and spend it with your loved ones. I believe that a good career works for you and not the other way around. I promise to support you with every single episode with sound career advice for positive change, whether it's minor tweaks or a full-on career switch. Let's begin. Welcome back to my channel, the best place for hardworking and ambitious millennial professionals who feel stuck in their careers to find their dream careers. In this video, I'm going to break down the best habits for a career boost using some of the principles from Atomic Habits. So make sure you stay until the end to learn the key principle behind habits. Also, subscribe and click the notification bell to receive regular updates on all things related to bringing positive changes to your career. I also have a Facebook group called Career Change Advice where you can chat with like-minded people who are interested in making their careers work for them rather than the other way around. Hi, I'm Dr. John Tam and I'm passionate about helping millennial professionals build their dream careers. Before we begin, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Mohib who has been watching this channel since I was like 200 subs and he asked a question and I'll put it here basically the question is like what's the best book for career development if you are in your early stages of your career and without a doubt I think nowadays one of the top books that's out there is Atomic Habits I don't know that the focus is getting it but the light is kind of oh there we go the light's better right but basically Atomic Habits is one of the best books out there right now in terms of making you conscientious and allowing you to really get stuff done. And so in this video, I want to talk about habits and what are the best habits for your career. And Mohib, I really want to say, I appreciate you watching my videos and the comments you leave me just tell me like I'm able to help you in your career. And so super excited about that. That's kind of the whole point of this whole channel. So without further ado, let's dive right into the best habits for a career boost. Point number one, this is actually a trick question. Because the habits that you set depends on your career goals at that time, right? At each stage of our life, we're going to have different career goals. Sometimes the career goal is going to be like, oh, I want to do the hustle life nine to five, prove myself. And that usually happens when you're in your 20s, right? But once you get into your 30s, it's kind of like, hey, I want to slow down a bit, work on some soft skills and develop and also establish more of a work-life balance because you may have a family or you may be thinking about starting a family at that point. And that's why your considerations may be very different. When you're in your 40s, it's like the kids have grown up and you're like, I want to keep advancing and so on. And so at each stage of your life, your career goals are going to be different. With the habits that you want to establish then would highly depend on what stage you're at and what you want to do. And so generally, I like to break down career goals in three to five year windows, right? And it depends on your career, it depends on the field that you're in. But essentially every three to five years, it's a good idea to go back to the drawing board and, and consider, am I on track? Am I on track in terms of the goals I set previously, in terms of where my career is going, in terms of the environment changing around me? Have people I looked up to left the company? Has the company culture changed? Has my environment changed so much that, hey, there's new opportunities or have I outgrown my position, right? These are all things you need to consider when it comes to setting goals. And so essentially, what are the goals at that point in your life? And the thing about goals is this, and James Clear makes it very clear, yes, that was on purpose, in Atomic Habits, that winners and losers have the same goals. And my favorite quote is this, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your habits. And in the book, he talks about something called the 1% 
better everyday principle, which is basically compound interest on becoming good. And I'm not going to dive too much into that. But basically, if you are improving 1% on a daily basis, and that's all you really need, what happens is you get compound interest in terms of your improvement over time and your gains will be massive before you know it. At the same time, if you don't work on it, it's never going to grow. It's just kind of going to flatline, right? And that's why it's so important to strategically decide what are the habits you want to nurture at that point in time, because we all have goals. But the bottom line is this, what are the habits that are going to help you attain these goals, right? And so to round off this point, the best habits you need depends on your career goals at this point, whether it's the physical or mental or emotional or the skills or the spiritual, anything that will help you support your goal, right? And that's the habit you want to develop. If you're not sure what career goals are best for you at this point in time, check out my playlist on career exploration. And I'll put it in the cards above where I break down essentially how you can find the next steps of your career. And based on that, depending on your long-term career goals, you then build your soft skills and habits accordingly and check out my soft skills playlist, which I'll also put up here. So is this the end of the video? Like be a total PhD guy and say like, whoa, it depends, right? Like that's, that's what we say for everything at the beginning. Uh, you got to nuance your answer and everything. Well, no, the answer is no, because my argument is that the best habit is the habit of setting up habits. So let's talk about the habit of setting up habits, right? Which brings us to point number two, which is the psychology of habits. Now for the psychology of habits in atomic habits, there's four pieces. The first piece is a cue and the cue is a piece of information that suggests that there will be a reward to be found like the smell of a cookie or a dark room waiting to light up something that triggers your response to begin the script in your mind of the habit. The second piece is the craving, which is the motivation to change something to get the reward like tasting the delicious cookie or being able to see in a dark room. The third piece is the response, which is whatever thought or action you need to take to get to the reward. The fourth and final piece is the reward, which is the satisfying feeling you get from the change, along with the lesson on whether you want to do it again or not. And essentially these four cues from Atomic Habits is actually well documented in neuroscience research by Daniel Kahneman, right? And I don't know, like there's, can you see this? Daniel Kahneman, right? Thinking fast and slow. And it basically breaks your brain down into two parts. The slow part of your brain is called the neocortex or the prefrontal cortex, which is the cultural aspect, the linguistic aspect of your brain. And that's basically the part where you analyze and where you think. And it's the part that makes us very different from primates because essentially humans develop that part of their brain to think logically, to problem solve and so on. Meanwhile, our primate cousins built their bodies up to be harder, better, faster, stronger. And survive because they have the sheer power to tear things apart like in Planet of the Apes. And that's why the slow part of our brain in the neocortex is also the least densest part of our brain, right? Now the fast part of our brain is what people used to call the limbic system, which is an antiquated term. No one calls it the limbic system anymore scientifically, but it's still generally used to categorize the older part of your brain, like the lizard brain, that is fast. Like the response rate is milliseconds, as opposed to the slow part of your brain. When you see something, it's much slower. So for example, if you enter a dark room and you see a tie on the floor, that's looks kind of like a snake, you'll be like, holy crap, there's a snake. And that may be your gut reaction, which is the fast part of your brain. But then when you slow down and you think logically, wait, wait a second, there's not going to be a snake on my floor, right? And then you turn on the lights and boom, oh, it's a tie. So you're not worried about it anymore, right? Now, 
this may be more of a relevant example if you're in like South Africa or something. In Canada, you're probably not gonna have snakes in your home. Or in the case of America, snakes on a plane. I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. But essentially the whole premise of Atomic Habits is to use your slow brain to shape the environment so that you don't always have to rely on willpower to overcome certain temptations, like the bad habits, right? Instead, because you shape the environment so that all the habits you want are on autopilot, you actually make it easy for yourself to implement these habits. And that's why I said at the beginning, the best habit is learning how to set up habits, right? Because it helps you shape the environment so that you can actually go on autopilot and use minimal energy to get the right things done. How have you used your slow logical brain to counter the fast brain? Let me know in the comments below. Now, my third point is how to structure the environment. So when your logical brain is on, you want to think about how you can shape the environment so that your fast brain can go on autopilot. And there are four rules on how to do that in Atomic Habits. Rule number one is to make it obvious, which is to place cues around you so that you can't miss launching the fast brain script. All behaviors are constituted by a series of tasks. You want to do a fireball in Street Fighter, the mental script that you're going to do to send to your finger is downright punch, right? In order to launch a script, you want to make it obvious. So one thing that you can do is install a tracking system. And he uses the example of a Seinfeld strategy, right? Which is essentially having a calendar and then having each day on that calendar and every time you do that task, you put a big X on it and put it somewhere that's so obvious that you can't miss it. And basically every time you complete that habit, you put a big X on there and that's basically the cue for you to do that task. The second rule is to make it attractive. Habits are dopamine feedback loops, which means that the anticipation of the reward rather than the fulfillment is the key. And so the solution on how to do that is you tell yourself, I only get to play basketball after processing overdue work emails, for example, right? And if you make it attractive and you put the reward at the end so that your brain knows like, okay, after I do this, I get to get something out of it, then that anticipation is what will drive you forward. Rule number three is to make it easy, make it convenient and minimize the friction. So the example that James Clear uses in Atomic Habits is the gym. You want to have your bag of gear ready in your trunk every time. And you also want to make it obvious, right? Rule number one, you want to make it obvious. So every time you drive to work, you are going to see a gym and you want to sign up for that gym because even though that gym may be more expensive than the other gym that's like the other way, his point is that you are more likely to go to the gym that you'll pass by every day rather than going out of your way to go to the cheaper gym, right? Unless that habit has already been established. So therefore, the whole point is you want to make it convenient, make it easy, minimize the friction for the habits that you want to establish. At the same time, you wanna maximize the friction for the things that you don't wanna do, right? And so if the internet is something that distracts you all the time from going to the gym, you want to install programs like Waste No Time or other things that will block off you from browsing random websites and that are basically a time suck, right? So with things in place to maximize the friction for bad habits and having things in place that will minimize the friction for good habits, you will naturally direct the flow of your behavior to the habits that you want to establish. And the fourth rule is to make it satisfying. You need to make yourself feel immediate satisfaction and immediately successful after you complete the task. Give yourself a reward, however small, at the end of doing that behavior. And another thing is, going back to rule number one, make it obvious, right? The Seinfeld X strategy. The satisfaction of seeing a series of Xs for like the whole month 
is amazing. And when you see that, you get that intrinsic satisfaction of like, oh wow, I've got a whole bunch of X's in the whole month and I don't want to break it. And therefore you'll keep doing it. And my fourth and final point is that personality plays a role in your habits. The key principle is this, you want to leverage your strengths and cover your blind spots. And a major part of that is your temperament, which is basically the personality that you are born with. And your habits should be supporting you in leveraging your strengths and covering your blind spots. So for example, if you're an agreeable person, you need to learn how to set boundaries and say no. And I have a playlist on how to say no, which I'll put in the cards above. If you are not that conscientious, you need to learn how to create systems and keep things in check, which is basically the whole premise of Atomic Habits, right? Atomic Habits helps you boost your conscientiousness. Another example is if you're an introvert. If you're introverted, you need to learn how to shape the environment so that you can get into flow quicker and to prevent disruptions. And so one thing I would recommend introverts to do at the workplace is to tell everyone that Hey, when I have my headphones on, I'm actually in my focus mode and I don't want to be disturbed. So unless it's absolutely imperative, please do not disturb me. And when people know that and they see that signal there, they're not going to bother you. Another thing is to close the door, right? Or another thing is to minimize the stimuli that you may get in the environment. So don't work in an environment where there's a lot of noise. Don't work in an environment where there's a lot of people. If your cubicle is around the water cooler, you want to move away from the water cooler so that there's less foot traffic around you. Another thing with introverts is that if the lights are too bright, it's gonna bother you over the long run and so you want to work under dimmer lighting. And that's the thing with introverts. Their threshold for tolerating stimuli is just much lower than extroverts. At the end of the day, you need to know exactly what career you're targeting so that you can build the right habits for it. And a personal SWOT analysis covers that, which I'll put in the cards above. And to do that, you need clarity. So I would highly recommend you to take a quick, free and accurate personality test to figure out your personality and what is the best career for you. I also have a guide on how to find your dream career and I'll put both of these things in the description below. Make sure you join my Facebook group, Career Change Advice, to be in a community of people who are interested in making their career work for them rather than the other way around. And in my next video, I'm going to give some of the best career advice I've got for millennials. Make sure you subscribe and click the notification bell for updates when it comes out. Also, leave a comment below and let me know your thoughts. Don't forget to give this video a like and share it with your network if you found this to be valuable. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with others who want their careers to work for them. Congrats for showing up and being your own career advocate today. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.